This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Positive Vibes Magazine share inspiring, powerful, community-based storytelling that inspires transformational, positive change. Now, more than ever, mental health is an issue that needs to be addressed. It is their vision and intention to give people an opportunity to reflect, absorb, and ponder what they can do to make the world better. Positive messaging has been shown to bring people together regardless of their differences. They publish articles with the aim of guiding people on their path to healing, happiness, and positive energy. As a leading source of positive news, Positive Vibes magazine is a vital link, a breath of fresh air in an industry that reports so much negativity. A big part of their purpose is to share newsworthy information that will elicit positive emotions, simple interactions with people, and a sense of uplift. As a community, they focus on healing our souls, bringing hope, and coming together. Humanity, faith, and positivism are the goals of their publication. These themes will demonstrate the beauty that lies beneath the surface of the world. Valeria interviews Zane Landon. He is a mental health and disability advocate, queer rights activist, entrepreneur, and positive changemaker. Zane identifies as Hispanic, queer, and disabled. He graduated from Cal Poly Pomona with a Bachelor of Science in Communication and Public Relations, and he has worked at places like USAID, NASA, and General Motors. He is currently now working as an internal communications specialist at the National Geographic Society. Zane is the founder of Positive Vibes Magazine, a digital magazine dedicated to telling authentic stories about mental health, wellness, and inspiration. The magazine has featured over 80 voices, reached thousands of readers from over 150 countries, and secured 22,000 followers on several social media channels. Zane is also the founder and president of Landing Dreams PR, a consulting business working with media and mental health advocates. Zane attended the first ever Mental Health Youth Action Forum in Washington, D.C., where he met President Biden, Selena Gomez, Dr. Murthy, and Dr. Biden. Out of hundreds of applications, 30 young advocates across the country attended the forum to advocate for youth mental health activation, policy, and inclusion. Zane is a passionate storyteller who regularly writes about wellness, psychology, and culture for the power of positivity, entrepreneur, Brains Magazine, and Lady Gaga's channel, Kindness. His writing has appeared in several other publications. What inspires Zane the most is storytelling and how we can leverage powerful stories to create a more inclusive world for all to thrive. He has been featured and appeared on over 50 platforms like Forbes, BuzzFeed, New York Weekly, Authority Magazine, Channel Kindness, 
Canvas Rebel Magazine, Shout Out LA, Excelion Magazine, Seek the Joy Podcast, Coming from the Heart Podcast, Go Solo, and Yahoo Life. Meet Zane at PositiveVibesMag.com. Here's the interview with Zane Landon. In your own words, who is Zane Landon? I will say that Zane Landon is someone who is always trying to be vulnerable and genuine. And that comes out in many different ways. I'm always trying to be there for other people and always show up and have empathy. And that can be really hard. I think it's a hard task for many, which is why there are many people that have a hard time empathizing, but I always try my best to do so, so I can really connect with others and really feel what they're experiencing. I think that's what's going to connect us when we can really settle ourselves and say that we are different, but I can really understand where you're coming from. I don't think that empathy is an ability. I don't think it is. I think anyone can have it. I think anyone can cultivate it. And I think we need more people that that share this understanding with each other so we can actually build bridges and, you know, not just build the bridge, but also walk together, you know? I ask a lot of questions here on the podcast. And in one of the questions that I ask in the end is um, experiences you wish everyone to have before we die, before we lose the body. And I hear that over and over again. Empathy, just becoming more empathetic, mm-hmm. um, being open to love. You mentioned that being a challenge sometimes, being vulnerable, genuine, being ourselves and being empathetic. Why is it a challenge, uh, Zane, for you from your perspective? What is the challenge about that? I think those are three very different ideas, but I think being vulnerable is a very tough challenge because you don't know how people are going to react. You don't know how people are going to perceive you. Some people get scared of vulnerability and maybe they'll stop connecting with you. Maybe they don't want to be around you anymore. Um, you know, we hear the term oversharing. I think there's an appropriate time to overshare. You know, you don't want to sh- overshare with people you barely know. But once you kind of can build that trust and that connection, and maybe you do kind of overshare. And I think it's sometimes hard when some someone on the receiving end is uncomfortable. And I don't blame anyone because if someone is uncomfortable and they don't want to further pursue the relationship anymore because maybe what they said they didn't like or was intrusive. But the other person's trying to connect. There's a, a disconnect there. And I don't blame the person, you know, if it doesn't work out. You know, I think it's sad and I wish it does. But I understand both perspectives is what I'm sharing. So I think it's hard to be vulnerable because you never know how people are going to react. And and there are there are people out there, I don't want to say it, but there are people who will manipulate and take advantage of your vulnerability. You see it all the time that someone opens up and people use it against them, especially if you told them in confidence. And the reason why, again, I think it's hard to be genuine is a lot of times people have been shamed of being their genuine self or their, as you know, the buzzword is, you know, your authentic self. There are people, there's a reason why that term is a trend. The reason why the term authentic self is so powerful is because for the longest time, people did not have the chance to be their vulnerable or their authentic self, which is why we're moving into this new territory where your authentic self is ideal when I think it's great. And then the last one, having empathy, I think is hard, is because I think it's hard to put yourself in their shoes and really understand what they're experiencing. You have to really 
dive deep into what they're thinking and what they're going through. And as someone who has certain identities, I don't understand everyone else either. Like, you know, I identify as a man, so I'm not going to understand what a woman's experiences are. But the, but I think so that's a challenge of empathy and that could be a barrier. But I think you have to move past that and go, I may not understand completely what you're going through, but I can under, I can empathize and I can hear you and I can validate you. Um, and I can amplify you and your story or whatever it is. I think that's the key. And I don't think there's anything wrong with recognizing. I don't think empathy is like ex- ex- feeling exactly what someone is experiencing. Unless you are an empath, that's different though. But I think having empathy is just, you know, you listening and understanding as much as you can. But I think it's also important to recognize, I pers- and yourself, you don't have to tell them that, but you and recognize, I fully don't actually understand what this person's going through. It's not my lived experience, but I can try to understand. I think that attempt mm. is what's powerful and the mm. connector. The word that came to me was being open, curious. Mm. I love curiosity. Being, I mean, I am very curious <laughs> about everything and, and I have a lot of fun with that, but it is kind of fun blocker when other people kind of stop us from having that kind of fun, being curious and asking questions and, mm-hmm. and open up, almost like a child. I tend to be that way and I got myself in trouble so many times, sadly, because it's still sad because I can't really, I have this podcast because I can't have these conversations with my family members and people around mm-hmm. me. And that's why I decided to do this. So I would talk to you, people like yourself. So, and, and have this fun, meaningful fun, as I call it. Well, I will share, I think that, I think, I hate the term curiosity killed the cat because what Why? it's really saying is, yeah. Yeah. what's really saying is we should not, we don't want to learn the truth because what curiosity is not what killed the cat. It's the truth that killed it. Um, and so I think that sometimes the truth can be scary, which is why people have, you know, not encouraged people to be curious. But I think that curiosity is what made children so unique and so such an innocent thing to see. And I think that I'd said that as we grow up, we forget that, that it's okay to question everything. It's okay to look at something and think, I don't know what this is but it's beautiful and I want to learn more about it. And sometimes even make up your own stories, have fun and make up your own story. Look at, like, think about the wind and think, how does, maybe we don't know, how does the wind work? Instead of looking at think, oh, I'm going to make up my own story about this. And so still have that childlike imagination too and be curious that way. So I think that's fun. Right. Yes, that's it. And you just mentioned the truth, right? So many of us um, are not comfortable with um, that um, other people's truth. I think in a way we all have our own truth, but I do want to ask you this question. Do you believe that there is a universal truth that we can all be exposed to it if we are open? I think there is a universal truth, but here's the thing. I don't, I say that we have different truths, but what I mean is we all have different perspectives. Yeah. I still think there's an ultimate truth. I think there's an objective truth as in we live on planet earth, you know, the sky is blue. But again, see, those are like objective facts. But my, how I think is we all have different perspectives. And so someone can look at the sky and it's going to be green. Um, but for maybe the mass majority, it is blue. So maybe there's a reason why they're seeing a different perspective. So I think we like, we live in a reality and we live in an objective truth in a way. Um, again, I don't think it, it's that black and white, but I think we live in somewhat some objective truths. But because we all share different perspectives, we all have different backgrounds, 
we all have different experiences. And again, some people will coin that as their truth. I coin it as just their perspective because I do think that there still is, you know, somewhat some objection and or objectives and some truths. But I think we all have different perspectives and that's why we will see this objective truth differently. And I think that's okay. Mm, yes. It's funny you say that because uh, it just remind me of another curious kind of fact on top of those objective facts that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, so the sky is actually not blue. It's just space and it's black. But I don't right, know why we course. see blue, <laughs> but it's not blue. So that's already like a, a misconception, misperception of reality. It's not really blue. And also, you know, it made me think about the sun. I mean, how many of us think about, you know, we go to watch a sunset, mm -hmm. but the sun's not setting really. <laughs> we, are, we are moving. The earth is moving. And that's the thing. There you go. That's an objective truth. Our perspective thinks it's that way. So like you said, the sky really, I mean, the universe is not, it is black. You're right. But what we see is blue and, you know, our realities are going to shape us to believe that that is the truth. And so, it is interesting how, again, objective truths, but like our perspective and our environments will shape how we see that that truth. You know what I mean? And you know what it is, and I believe it's just that collective agreement, it seems to me, because mm -hmm. then we all agree that the sky is blue because we see and it looks blue, but it's not. In reality, the truth is it's not. And right. then also the sun, we all watching the sunset, how beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And then if you tell that to somebody, actually, the sun is not setting. Mm -hmm. We are moving downward that the earth is moving. So what is your idea of positivity? What are some examples of that? Well, it's interesting because I do want to go back just a bit. I just want to finish what my thought was about. No, it's just because what I find interesting is, you know, this idea of truth and that getting to the truth and the reason why people are scared of the truth is because like you said, it may be bleak. It might be not maybe the most exciting thing or sometimes yeah. it may be hard. Yeah. Sometimes the truth, I mean, that's why we say ignorance is bliss and it's completely true. But I think this is how it's going to tie into positivity. To me, we cannot be positive beings without being aware because I know some people are going to think, oh, positivity is all about joy and happiness and just feeling good. I don't think that's true. To me, positive, to me, positivity is essentially a mindset, more of a philosophy. And the philosophy is, again, it's going to depend on what you think, but for me, what positivity is, is knowing that things happen um, and that we still have the ability to overcome and fight. That's what I think positivity is. And so I really do think of it as a mindset and that, you know, we have so many thoughts per day and studies show that most of those thoughts are negative. And I think that if we can allow more positive thoughts, we change our mindset, we change our habits. And eventually we're thinking more positively. And that changes everything. It changes our outlook. It changes how we feel about ourselves. And it gives us the tools we need to you know, take care of ourselves and feel better about ourselves. So I really think that positivity is like the mindset of being optimistic, having optimism, but also recognizing that bad things happen recognizing that hard times is going to come our way and that pain will happen. And positivity is not about ignoring the pain. It's about embracing the pain, embracing those hard moments and how to move forward with them and how they shape you. Um, and so you think of, you, you think of some of the most interesting people who have the most 
in my opinion, I've seen people that have the most traumatic lives or have had traumatic pasts, and they are some of the most positive people because they know that those dark times were temporary, were only temporary, that they were able to transform their life into something great. And so they also realized that not, not everything, but they had control in their own lives. They were able to get out of those situations or that mindset and they were able to create something beautiful for themselves. And now you see them as incredibly successful and they're sharing their story. And so I think that's really what positivity is. It's a, it's a philosophy and like a way of living. And it's not about being happy. It's about finding inner peace. That's exactly what positivity is. Mm. Oh my God. Do you have any spiritual practices or views of yourself in life? My spiritual views and practices are being open. <laughs> and I think that's the most important thing. I've heard countless times you can't you can't pick from this the religious salad bar. Um, you absolutely can. I have no problem with that. I have no problem that I do believe in some teachings of Catholicism and I do believe in the philosophy of Buddhism. I joined a Buddhist group, you know, last year and it's been an absolute joy to learn about holding yourself accountable and also um, living your best life and always challenging yourself. I love that Buddhism, a lot of it that I've learned. Again, I'm not, I'm not anywhere near an expert. Um, I, like I said, I'm new, but a lot of times it feels like, what are you going to do about your life? What are you uh -huh. going to do to make this change? You are experiencing hard times, but like, are you chanting? Are you, are you centered with yourself? What are you doing to make this change in yourself? A lot of it is having that beauty come from within because a lot of it, I feel like a lot of the times, again, about that truth, we're all beautiful, powerful beings because of our fears, our doubts. We always are preventing ourselves from reaching that moment. And I think it's sad that, I think it's sad that we have, we prevent ourselves from getting to that point because of our mindset or these fears that have manifested for so long. And I, I don't blame people that, that have, that are stuck with these feelings because for some, they've lived with them their whole lives and it's hard for them to, have to kind of unravel their brain and what they've learned for so long. Right. And so that's what I would say. I'm my spirituality is just being very open and through the magazine, I know you're going to ask about that. Yeah. I've talked to different spiritual leaders who, yeah. who are a medium or a psychic or they connect with angels. They will pray to angels and they'll connect and heal people through angels. And again, and I just met with someone who is very devout to Kabbalah and things I didn't know. And, Jewish mysticism. I didn't even know what that was. And he told me all about it. And I ordered basically the, the basic teachings of it to just learn about it. Cause I, for one, don't really even know too much about you know the Jewish religion. Um, and so it's interesting to go into this route and learn about it. But I think every single religion has a purpose. And I think all of them can teach very wise, powerful lessons. And I don't think that we need to subject ourselves to, I follow this religion and I can't follow anything else. I think it's okay to learn different things from people and learn different lessons. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm glad you're doing that. Um, spirituality, some studies being open to ideas, concepts, and philosophies about that. If I may, what I have come across is that that really resonates true. I don't know with where in myself, but it really resonates true is that we are this limitless, boundless, timeless, peace itself, joy itself. That's what we are, perfection, God. 
Mm-hmm. But how many of us can hear this? <laughs> and how long does it take us to really realize that truth? And that's the practices that I engage myself in, just realizing deeper that truth. That yeah. if I'm looking for, I'm already, I already am. And this is also a journey, you know, just because, you know, we're talking about this doesn't mean that we do not still struggle with ourselves. Oh, and yeah. Our yeah. yeah. Right. I don't want people to think that, you know, I have it all together. Or I understand myself or I understand my potential. No, there's many times where I will chase an opportunity and sometimes an opportunity comes my way and I'm I'm still hesitant. You know, it, yeah. it's a, yeah. it's not like you reach this in mm. I don't believe in like yeah, enlightenment. Right? I don't really. I mean, maybe spiritual alignment, but I really don't believe that reach an enlightenment where I fully love myself. I fully love my body. I fully love everything about me. I think you can be at that stage and then all of a sudden you're back down um, or you have those thoughts again. Again, you're for some people, they have to unlearn generations of learning. And so maybe they can come to a, a an instance of self-love, but then maybe the next day they don't feel good about themselves. And I don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with accepting that process. I think once you can accept that, that happens again, as I said before, positivity, bad things will happen and your know, doubts will creep in, but you have the tools to move forward. So let's say about that. Yeah, that's another lovely message, right? Enlightenment. What is enlightenment? That's mm-hmm. not even, we won't talk about that. But yeah, <laughs> spiritual enlightenment, destinations, right? Yeah. There's no destinations. How it doesn't make sense to me because mm-hmm. we are. Ah, well, I don't want to get deeper into it, that we are already there, but there's no there. (laughs) It's almost like we are where we are supposed to be, but it's not a destination. It's almost like a dream, Zane, really. (laughs) This is a beautiful dream, if we can call it that. Beautiful. No, I agree. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, it's about the journey, not the destination. How about it's just about the journey? Because (laughs) I think, I mean, the final destination, of course, to me, it would be death. And, you know, whatever that crossroad is, I don't know if there is an afterlife. I hope there is. But again, I think that is a destination. But I think the life we're living right now, if we do have a destination in mind and we chase it and we reach it, is that your final destination? No, your destination is going to continue after that. I mean, you accomplish your goal and that's great. But I don't think it's a destination because, again, your destination always changes. Your purpose always changes. So I wouldn't say trying to reach that moment, that destination. Because also I think when people reach a moment and they think they're going to be happy, they're not. Because they reach that moment they're like, well, I've been chasing and hustling for so long. What do I do next? And so, again, for some people, that shift needs to happen where it's like, maybe I need to focus on myself more. Maybe I need to take more time for myself. Maybe I need to stop hustling. Maybe this is a change that I need. Whatever it is. And so... um, I think sometimes we have to be careful uh, because you know, especially with like overachievers or people who accomplish their goals, it can actually be overwhelming or depressing when you accomplish it. Cause it's happy in that moment. Then the next day you, you kind of lose your purpose. It's like, well, I always need something next. You know, I think that could be a little not destructive, but I think it can be like overwhelming. It can take a toll on your mental health, your spiritual health because you've like burned yourself out. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I do know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I have been there, yeah, trying to chase, change, making so many chains. And I was running for myself, though, um, and trying to always be busy so I could not really look within. So it's all about the outside, 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 doing things. 
And now it's a lot more, but within the human experience, it's a lot more about meaning. Mm -hmm. So uh, Zane is a mental health and disability advocate, a queer rights activist, entrepreneur, and positive change maker, and also the founder of Positive Vibes magazine. And not just that, you also have a podcast that's titled, it's a fun uh, word, <laughs> The World of Positivists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't pronounce it correctly. I knew I wouldn't. <laughs> Positivists. <laughs> That's so talk to me about uh, how did you how did you come to this? Uh, I know it's not a destination to this point on the journey. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, I never thought I never thought I would reach a point in doing this. You know, like I said, our purposes always change. And so for me, I always I always experienced, you know, mental health conditions from a very young age. And as I was going into university, I had, you know, it was it was a really hard time, too. I was. I had suicidal thoughts, you know, I was engaged in self-harm. I did have to take that specific semester off. And after that is when I became a very serious mental health advocate because I learned that I wasn't alone, but there were people who experienced it as severe as me, but also even worse. So I didn't want people to experience what I did, and I know that they do, but my why is always what drives me to keep moving forward, which was my own personal story and the people around me. And it was in 2020 when the pandemic first started where I saw that the mainstream media wasn't talking about mental health in a way that I really wanted them to. And I thought that COVID was this golden opportunity for them to really engage in the mental health communities in space. But they didn't. And through a class I was taking, I had to create my own publication. I decided to create something called Positive Vibes Magazine. And I, I re, I'm recoining the term positive vibes, as I know a lot of people say, Positive, positive vibes only. And that's like the trend. Again, positive vibes is about having that inner peace and positivity in your life. It is not about always being happy and always having a good time. That's I know like the positive vibes only hashtag kind of has been hijacked into that. But I really do think positive vibes is having that positive energy and learning when you can bring it in and sometimes having to expend the negative energy. Um, and sometimes that's hard work. Um, and so we focused on sharing stories and blog posts and then someone wanted to be interviewed and we shared his story. And after that, it changed everything where we were focusing on people centric stories and community based storytelling, telling the stories of communities and what they're going through and the people that are actually making a shift and changing things. Um, and I love the interviews and my friends suggested that we start a podcast and I will say the podcast, we were able to do around 14, 15 episodes. I don't do the podcast anymore because I actually learned that we were gaining more traction and success through the writing. So I said, I'm just going to focus on the writing. But we did have the podcast for around a year called The World of Positivists. Funny enough, the term positivism is actually an empiricist philosophical theory that holds that all genuine knowledge is either true by definition or positive. Meaning, meaning facts derived by reason and logic from sensory experience. That is the definition that I'm reading online. Right. That is not what I had in mind. Uh, right. I thought was we need, we need a world of positive advocates that are advocating, but from the scope of love and positivity. Sometimes I do see activists come from, come from an inspiration of hatred. And I think, I, I wouldn't say it's okay to be inspired by hatred, but I think it's okay to be inspired by anger. 
because that's just an emotional response. And for some, anger is the the fuel that they need to make a change. I think being inspired by hate is a different story. I think that's different. And sometimes if you if you follow that hate and you follow that darkness, it will lead you to do even more. Um, and it will just make you feel worse. And so we need more positivists that are advocating for the world, but from a positive lens that are that's out of self-love. I mean, out of self and love for others. Like for me, you know, it, it's always they say love thy enemy. And I think that that's a very hard thing for people to do. I wouldn't say I'm there yet, but it's something I, I strive to do. Uh, people who are against me or even against my sexuality or whatever it is, I try my best not to hate them or not be angry with them, but have concern and have empathy and share. I hope they find that love that they need because to hate someone for their sexuality or their gender, or whatever, it's, it's a very sad thing. And you're carrying around hatred like that. I really hope that one day you don't feel that hatred because I feel bad that you have to carry it and you choose and you choose to as well. And so, um, yeah, that, that is what I will share about, you know, the term positivist and, I try to use it all the time because I think everything we do, just like you said like a couple minutes ago, everything we need to do should be out of love. And if it's not mean out of love, um, even people who are inspired by anger, they're obviously angry by something and their their love is coming from I mean, you could say like even the BLM protests that people had, they like they were inspired by anger, but out of love for their community though. You know, so like it is possible to have anger, love, <laughs> anger and love. But again, you want to make sure you're not going into the hatred and darkness because that can happen, um, especially when people are angry. So you don't want people to take advantage of that anger, too. Um, so anyways, that is what I've been doing with the magazine. I've been doing it for almost three years, two and a half years. I've connected with so many people. I've done so many interviews and every single time I have a chance to connect with people, I learn something new every day. And it's really shaped who I am and I don't even see the the magazine as a brand I don't see it as this brand that I'm managing I, I see it as something that I need to do because it's uplifting me it's uplifting like the consciousness of the world and I'm not saying like oh my god it's groundbreaking but I'm just saying like just sharing these stories and people feel inspired I think is uplifting the world um and small packs you know when you when you say when people say they want to change the world some people really want to change the world but I think I think uplifting that one person or, you know, volunteering for your community, that's uplifting the world. That's changing. That's changing the world. Maybe not in a massive overload that we're thinking, but it's creating that those small moments. And again, those small moments that come together, they create this big change. I love the clarification on anger. That's interesting that you say that because I heard that recently. My husband, he he has that anger thing, and but he has beautiful heart. He's a beautiful mm -hmm. person, very loving. But he has that angry side, mm -hmm. and I, I always thought it was a um, contradiction. Like, wait a minute, why is he carrying so much anger? And I thought that anger was hatred. I was confusing those two, and somebody mm -hmm. clarified that for me recently. But because I do a lot of spiritual work, I'm engaged in a lot of spiritual practices, I always am very light with everything. I don't take anything personally. So I just mm -hmm. let it be. Let it just be what it is. But now just that came to me, and, and, and you mentioned this today. How wonderful. So anger, it's a drive. It's an emotion that drives us to do something. Is that what you mean, uh, Zane? Something that's... Um, uh, it's almost like an action trying to drive us toward an, an action that would change something for better. Is that what it is? 
it cocaine depends. be the, <laughs> the pants, right? No, yes, definitely. <laughs> there are people that their anger can be destructive. Ah, yeah, um, right. But then there right. are some that will go, I'm angry, but I'm actually, I'm going to do something about this. And even though you're coming from a place of anger, you're also inspired by that anger and you actually might create a change. And I think that mm, to yeah. me is inspirational. Um, it depends yeah. on how you use your anger with every single emotion. Right, of course, right. it depends on how you use it and what your intentions are. You're also the founder and president of Landing Dreams PR, which mm -hmm. is a consulting business um, working with media and mental health advocates. I'm reading what you sent to me, the biography. I was yes. part of your bio. So talk to me for a moment about that. Well, it, it actually was something that came about from the magazine. One of the people that we featured, she reached out to me and she says, I know you're in school for PR and I was hoping you could be my publicist. And I was like, took a step back. I was like, hold up. <laughs> I just want to say I'm still in school and you recognize that. So if I were to help you with this, know that I'm still a little inexperienced here. Um, but what we can do is I can get you on podcasts or magazines and that's probably what you're looking for. And yeah, she was looking for that. So I started pitching her for things and getting her on shows and platforms. And I learned how to tell your story because, you know, when you pitch someone, you got to condense their story in a certain way. I think this is what's important for people. Everyone has a powerful story. And there are, plenty, there are plenty of people that want to share it. They just don't have that medium. Um, but there are so many shows. There's so many magazines that want to share your story. People just need to kind of sit down with themselves, write their story, and pitch themselves. I think that's such an important thing. A, a lot of the times I get on shows, it's because I'm asking. I'm giving you that ask, and I'm giving you the reason why I want to be on it, what I can contribute. And I've, I've gotten some really positive reception from that and opportunities and it's because you put yourself out there and so i have given workshops on how to pitch yourself and how to tell your story and even though from the first client i had i had a couple more clients um even though i don't necessarily do a lot of work with landing dreams pr as much as i used to yeah. i'm starting to i got a new client who i'm going to be helping who's a body positivity photographer and i'm really excited with him and getting him on stuff to talk more about that um about male body positivity but anyway, so I'm still doing some of the work, just not as much as I used to. But I learned so much about storytelling and how to be a storyteller and how to get your message out there. Um, and there's so many ways you can do it. And for me, I consider myself a storytelling consultant. Um, and I'm actually helping people. I, I'm chatting with a couple of people about how do you share your story? How do you get your message out there? And it's as simple as just writing a short bio and Sending it, out, sending it out into the universe and seeing what comes your way. Um, I think it's just really important. And so that is, I don't know, like I said, I don't necessarily do a lot of work with the landing dreams as much anymore, but I learned a lot from it and I'm still growing it, you know, um, and I'm still continuing it, but I learned a lot about just storytelling and how important it is to be, again, vulnerable and put yourself in a position where you can share your story. Um, and I get, and again, it's scary to do. I do really do get that. But it just feels so, it just feels great to share your story and connect with people from across the world. And, um, and for the most part, most, I, I believe that most stories are relatable. I feel like there's people out there that are going to resonate with almost every story. Cause a lot of people are going to tell themselves, my story is not powerful enough. I haven't gone through much. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what you've gone through. I think everyone has something, something powerful and enriching to tell. That's what I think. I think everyone has such a great history. You've said many times on this podcast, you know, I have been learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm still not there yet, but I'm learning. I'm open. <laughs> so it's beautiful to hear that. 
So what comes to my question that comes to me is what is something that you feel it's have has been already learned? Something that you know it's like so if you're so empowered by it that you don't have to do any learning anymore about that. Mm, I think it's a very hard thing because I think we always need to be learning all the time. We <laughs> should be lifelong learners. <laughs> but you know what? Okay, I'm gonna share this. My mom yeah. actually taught me this and I don't know if it was in my bio but you know she passed away in January of 2021 what I learned was and I don't, I don't need to learn this any other way there's ways to show up of course but what I learned is that my mom said and this is what I would tell her that she doesn't need to worry about me because she instilled in me the values that she led which were do the right thing be a good person and have show the world love and you will be okay. That's it. I don't need to learn anything else. I don't need to know the whys, the buts, or anything, or the ands. That's it. Be a good person, and you'll be okay. It doesn't mean doesn't mean that you expect good things to happen, but in longevity in your spirit, your spirit will be cleansed, and you will be good yourself. You know, I I don't. When people are good, don't ex, don't necessarily expect good things to happen because I feel like life life is just natural. Bad things will happen to everyone. But, you know, if you're a good person and you lead that way, you know, people catch on to that energy and that brightness and that light. And so if something does, something bad does happen to you, there are people that will know and maybe they'll come and help you um, or maybe they'll be attracted to your light, whatever it is. But I do think being a good person brings out the best in other people and really can connect others. And I think that's something that I've learned that I don't I don't need to question. I don't need to learn any more of that. Being a good person is the ultimate thing we all need to strive to do. Right. Yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> that's why I asked the question. <laughs> right. That's it. And to me, it translates into love. That's what it is. I don't think anything bad can come from love. If yes. we are in that space, then it's just... It's not that it's just it's happy all the time and perfect, but it's, it's peaceful. Even when tragedy happens, it's still peaceful. Yeah. Uh, and speaking... Uh, not of tragedy, as I see death as uh, part of life and it's a natural transition to go through. All of us will go through that. I yes. did read that on Instagram, you had many posts about grief mm-hmm. and you you wrote something that caught my attention about your mother. It's um, a post where you say, you talk about dreams, that you had a, a dream. The post reads, one of the hardest things about grief is the dreams. Mm-hmm. And then you say many things, and then you said, I believe dreams are a gateway to the unknown, including mm-hmm. the afterlife. And then you talk about angels too. So I would love to hear a bit more about that. It sounds very mystical in the sense that it's almost like a belief system about the afterlife in the sense of um, mm-hmm. mind continuation, soul's journey. So yeah, talk to me for a moment a bit more about that. <laughs> I mean, I, I just had this very personal dream where I was able to comfort my mom and give her this final kiss goodbye. And then I, it was vivid. And then I woke up incredibly peacefully. And in, in that moment, I was like, that was an interesting gateway. And I don't know what it was, but it really felt like I, even though I was here in my house, I traveled to a place where she was and she comforted me. And I comforted her. And it was a kind of a, a communication that we both needed. And I think that was clear in the dream. And that's why I think dreams are incredibly powerful. 
they really can help us tap into, you know, what our fears are, what our experiences are. And even the subtlety of dreams, like where you are or if someone's hunched over, someone's laying down. All those are little signs that can give you some insight um, into what you're experiencing. And again, some some people think dreams are just a physical. It's just your mind telling you a message. It's just your mind daydreaming. Um, for me, there are instances where I have dreams where that was clearly what happened. But then I have dreams where it's like, wow, there was some purpose there. There was some mystical element coming into the formula. And I'm like, is that my mom communicating with me? And I do think it is. And again, I don't know. I'm just, again, I'm so open to it though. I don't know though. I interpreted, I interpreted that way. It's hard for me not to, when, like I said, I woke up so peacefully, you know? There's something about dreams. I agree. I have had some powerful ones and I still do visions too. It's very lucid. You actually mentioned that too, lucid dream, like it was very lucid. <laughs> and that's what I, I feel I don't know. It's not a belief system. It's getting to be a lot more of um, spiritual philosophy and knowledge. Mm -hmm. I wanted to say the fact that this is a dream. <laughs> Talking to you today, be here. It's the same thing as the dreams we have in the nighttime. And when you say that dreams are a powerful, what's the phrase that you just said? It's almost like it carries meaning, right? Dreams. There's some symbology there. If this is true for the dreams we have at night, and if this is a dream now, this reality as well, mm -hmm. then yes, carrying that meaning of love, from my understanding. Mm -hmm. So why not? If we are having this vision now, this dream now, why not make it a, a real dream and not let it become a nightmare? So, yeah, yeah I don't know if we have, and I believe we do have that choice. Uh, the dreams we have at night, it seems like we don't. It, they can turn into nightmares and we have no control over them. But I believe that this, even though it might look like a nightmare at some point, it might be because the tragedies and the losses and the wars and the violence and all the craziness mm -hmm. that happened here, mm -hmm. but we can still choose yeah. to see love in it in the sense of clarity and having that peace so present that we, we don't transcend in the sense of ignoring it, but we just walk with it. As you mentioned earlier, beautifully, yeah. that imagery about the bridge walking together. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's, you, you inspired me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank. You inspired me too. <laughs> thank you, Zane. So we're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything that you left unsaid for today? No, the only thing is just, just have that innocent curiosity and just run with that. And always question things um, and be there for others. And sometimes it's hard when you feel like you, there is no one there for you. But chances are you are making a change in their life. Um, and I think that's the most important thing. Yes. Uh, another beautiful message. Very kind <laughs> and touching. <laughs> uh, what is, I keep saying that because it is true. What is not to love <laughs> about <laughs> these things? I mean, that's what, um, if this is a dream, this is a beautiful part of the dream, the best part of the dream. <laughs> so the ending questions, I'll ask you this one. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? Of course, you know, success is defined by the person who wants to define it. I think it's whatever you choose it to be, because everyone has, of course, different success. But for me, success is being in a place where I am peacefully aware, where I have that inner peace, where I can navigate the world 
um, you know, positively and I'm contributing to something greater than myself. Um, you know, and that, and that does include different things. Like I, I still do want things. I still want, you know, I still want a nice house one day. I still want to make a lot of money. I know that that may not be necessarily spiritual, but I think that the more resources I can have, the more I can give though. Mm, You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> the more love in that yeah. sense, because I see that some people love that way. They give things to yeah. show their love. I, I've noticed that too. Yeah. So, yes, uh, to me, everything is spiritual, Zane. Everything. There's mm-hmm. nothing that's not spiritual. Nothing. Which mm-hmm. I know for some people will be, they, they're not ready to hear this, but I, I say that all the time here. Everything is spiritual. Everything is the work of God or God itself. So that's my perspective. That's how I choose to see life. And it has been really wonderful (laughs) to adopt that perspective. So let's see. I want to thank you again for this, for your beautiful presence, this very natural desire to help others and yourself, of course. And I love how humble you are. (laughs) I love how open and light, (laughs) almost in an angelic way. So, you know, your presence, that's what it it came to me energetically, how I felt. So thank you for being this presence in our reality. We do need more of of you here. Mm -hmm. And before we say goodbye for today, where can we find more information about you, your work, services and future projects? Absolutely. I mean, you can find me on my name. So you type in Zane Landon. I have Instagram, LinkedIn is my main platforms. And please connect with me, whatever you want to chat about. Wonderful. And I'll have the link of your website link and also your email. I have both of them uh, under the podcast profile. Thank you so much again, Zane, for your presence today. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank you again for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Zane Landon and his work, please visit PositiveVibesMag.com or email him via ZaneLandon1 at gmail.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.